Hallelujah. I want you to turn your Bibles. We're going to continue on sharing um, this, this concept God's put on our hearts, that we are God's favorites. That means we, you know, sometimes say, oh, you can't say you're, God, you're God's favorite. No, I say we, we are the favorites. We live under his favor and his blessing. Um, in fact, I just want to see if there's, I actually had something. Do you know what I'm do you want, do you know what I mean? It was a special gift I had. And more more special than the gift that Jordan had. Hallelujah. So we'll see if we can find that. Um but we are God's favorites, and I've been just looking and studying what it means to be under God's favor, the blessing, and it's it's just so powerful that it, it enables us to get the job done, do what God's called us to do, to get God's word out to bring fruitfulness into people's lives, we need the favor of God. We need the favor of God. It's not like an extra. We need it in order to open doors. We need it to enable us to um, have opportunities. We need it to be able to conquer the, the, the things of the enemy and push him down and exalt Jesus. And I've been studying a particular um, passage, which is God speaking to the um, the children of Israel right before they went into the promised land and the blessings and the things that God spoke to them because that's such a parallel for us. Paul, when he was speaking to the Corinthian church, actually said that the... Um, I'll just read it to you. You don't have to turn there. In um in 1 Corinthians 10, Paul said, For I don't, I don't want you to be unaware, brethren, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food, which talked about the manna, all, all drank the same spiritual drink, speaking about the water coming out of the rock, for they were drinking from a spiritual rock which followed them and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not well pleased, for they were laid down in the wilderness. Now these things happened as examples for us. What happened there, that, that whole passage, that whole movement from going out into the promised land, he said that's an example for us. We look at that and we can learn life examples for us as we move into our promised land. You, in, at the moment, you are like the Israelites coming into the promised land and you are having to push out the enemy and establish God's provision and his blessing into the areas that you are now laying hold of. And so... Um, studying and looking at the children of Israel, moving into that is something that gives us insight into how we are living today. And in um, Genesis 39, Genesis 49 even, we have Jacob speaking to each of his sons and prophesying over them and blessing them and speaking to them and giving them the words which spoke that when they eventually moved into the promised land, this will shape their entry into the promised land. He would, and he spoke to them. And one of the um, sons, some of them just got very short mentions, um, you know, just one line almost. Um, uh, as for Gad, raiders shall raid him, but he shall raid at their heels. That's it. As for Asher, his food shall be rich, and he shall yield royal dainties. Just short and sharp. But then when he got to Joseph, 
about 10 lines, 12 lines. His was quite extensive. And Joseph had come under um, God's attention and there was a blessing upon Joseph and an anointing upon Joseph. And it was through Joseph that um, there was going to be a, a, sp a specific blessing for going into the promised land. And, um, and so when they, when they actually led and they went into the tribe of, uh, into the, the promised land, um, Joshua was the leader. And Joshua was from the tribe, of, from Joseph's line. It was Joshua that, who was actually from, I always thought, I just always imagined Joshua was from the, the, line, uh, the tribe of Judah. I don't know why. I just imagined, you know, because the tribe of Judah is like the, the really bold one. Jesus, the line of the tribe of Judah. David from the line, you know, from the tribe of Judah. I just presume that um, Joshua would have been also from Judah, but he wasn't. He was actually from the line of Joseph and through one of his, Joseph's um, two children. And so I've been focusing on this. But there's also another reason why I've been focusing on Joseph, because there's a particular promise that I discovered God gave to Joseph in his line, which is a, same as a prophetic word the Lord gave to me many years ago. I actually, when the prophetic word came to me, I did not know that it was from um, out of Genesis 49. I had never heard this phrase before. And it was given to me in 1996. So if you want to do the sums, I was about 15. <laughs> Christine says we're married. We had children. So just, anyway, the sums get a little bit hazy there. Um, but it was a lady called Sister Ruth Carneal. And she was part of a ministry and came to us out of another uh, Sister Ruth, Sister Ruth Heflin. Has anyone here heard of Sister Ruth Heflin? Few people. Uh, I was just looking. I was just looking up on the um, on you know. I'll sound like an old person. I was looking up on the Google. <laughs> I looked up on the Google and found out about Sister Ruth. Um, she was a, a prophetess when she passed away um, over you know around twenty years ago. Um, you know. Charisma magazine actually had a big article on her and, and spoke about it because they said that she was one of the, you know, the, the key Pentecostal, sort of, they called her the, one of the Pentecostal matriarchs, a woman, a woman that really shaped the Pentecostal church. And um, she was a powerful woman. That she had 1,500 people at her funeral. And they, they, had a flag, they had a special flag over the Capitol building in Washington to, to commemorate her passing. And um, so when they had the funeral, they took the flag and they put it over a coffin. So she had a big influence. She was involved very much in, um, out of Virginia in America, but she, for I think 25 years, she ran a ministry in Israel, a, a place of prayer and worship that people would come from all around the world and then she would send out people. It was, um, she had a lot of influence. But more than just the big ministry and what she did and the sharing, she had a powerful prophetic ministry where she would go to people and share the prophetic word and she had a ministry to leaders and to, um, and not just leaders in the church, but leaders in the government and leaders in, in nations. Um, and, uh, in fact, as, as Christine, um, she would come and stay in Christine's home. This is so when Christine was a teenager. The, um, this was before I'd come down to Melbourne, before I'd met Christine. Sister Ruth Heflin was already coming to Melbourne. And then um, when I came down to Melbourne and I discovered it was because Christine was here and so I needed to be in Melbourne. So I was happy to be down in Melbourne, came to church and breakthrough. 
Um, and so as a young man, I was also introduced to Ruth Heflin when she would come into Australia, and they would not get noticed. It would not be a case of, oh, and what's your, what's your calendar look like in four months' time? You know, when we had Brother Jerry come, we, we were planning this, you know, as many months as in ahead we can, and then, we, then you plan flights and accommodation, and then you work out meetings. They would get a phone call from the airport. <laughs> like, I'm in Melbourne. They're like, oh, okay. Um, would like us to pick you up? Yes, that would be wonderful. Would you like to stay at our house? Yes, that would be wonderful. Would you like to have a meeting tonight? Yes. And so they would just get on the phone because this was the days way before the internet and people would just get on the phone and say, she's here. Uh, so I'm doing like texting. There was no texting. There was no texting. It was, she's here. You know, dial around. If you don't know what I'm doing, you're, you're too young. Dialing. And it would be like, tell everybody she's here. And, and then we'd, we'd fill the church with people who would just hear the word that night because people would come. They'd know that. And she'd be here for maybe two nights, three nights, two weeks, and then she'd just move on. And God would say, I'm going. And, she, you know, and I knew she'd do things like she'd say, the Lord's told me to go to Japan. And she'd fly to Japan. She'd have enough money to get to Japan, but not enough money for a taxi out of the airport. But the Lord told her to go. And so she said, and where are you meeting? I'm not sure. God just told me to go. So she'd go. And as she's getting her luggage down, she'd just talk to someone and they says, oh, I just want to give you some money. Oh, there's my taxi money to the hotel. And then she got on a phone call and the pastor said, oh, can you come to our church? And it was just, just like that. But also um, government leaders. Um, Chris, come and tell them some of the things that would happen in your home. I just want to give a feel because she has prophesied over me and over Christine and um, then also Ruth Carneal who ministered with her. And the prophecy she's given, I still meditate and think about and, and declare today and um, they influence our church today so um, can you tell us about Bob Hawke how okay. many know Bob Hawke all right the old prime minister of Australia. Um, yeah I've spoken to Bob Hawke on the phone as a result of this like that <laughs> and that what what Peter said is right we would we used to laugh my brother and I would call her like Mary Poppins you didn't know when she would arrive or when she would leave but she would just be there and that and we'd get these calls and and we'd my dad would go to the airport, we'd pick her up, we'd come. And every time she came, she absolutely changed lives and impacted the church amazingly. But she just did went where the Holy Spirit told her to go. Anyway, she said she was in, I think it was America at the time or, or somewhere in the world, and she said she saw a vision of a hawk and an eagle fly, uh, fighting to, over, you know, fighting or something, you know, together over the na map of Australia. So she knew God was, was telling her to come to Australia. So she came, and as we were, um, as, you know, yeah, Hawk and a Peacock, sorry. And as she was coming, and as Dad picked her up, she was coming out, she said to Dad, does Hawk mean anything to you? And Dad said, well, we've got a you know, man called Bob Hawk who is, um, you know, is running for prime minister. Well, he, hadn't, he, was, he was the he was union so, leader, but yeah. he hadn't chosen whether but to go he, to prime minister. And so she said, oh, okay. And she said, can you arrange a meeting for me. God wants me to speak to him. And my dad's like, uh, <laughs> I don't really have him on fast file. <laughs> and she, she said, just ring up and see if you can do it. God told me to come. So, yeah, my dad started to make inquiries and the favour of God was on her because she was here on a mission. He somehow got through to Bob Hawke's office, to Bob Hawke's secretary. And, that, and the story my dad had to say all the time was, there's a lady who is a prophetess of God who God has sent her over to Australia to speak and pray for Bob Hawke. Now, you would expect doors to be shut or, or phones to be slammed. 
in your, you know, down. But he got through and then in the end the secretary said, Bob Hawke's secretary said, I'll pass the message on to him. So I'm working and I don't know that Dad's been kind of on the phone trying to do this all day. And I was late home from work and so the family were in the dining area having dinner and as I walked in, the phone rang. And so I just yelled out, I'll get it. So I just go and pick it up. I said, hello. And this voice said, it's Bob Hawke here. And I, in all my, I said, yeah, sure it is. <laughs> and he said, it is Bob Hawke. And I called out, Dad, there's some guy who reckons he's Bob Hawke on the phone. I didn't even cover the mouthpiece. <laughs> And Ruth Heflin says, oh, it's for me. And I'm like, I want a face. <laughs> I, and I went, and so she took the call and that I went and said to my mum and dad, that's not, is it? And dad said, yes, it probably is. And I'm like, oh, anyway, so, so that was my, I never spoke to the man again. But then anyway, um, but she got a meeting with him. She spoke to him. He had actually been brought up in the Assemblies of God when he was uh, young. Not Assemblies of God, I don't think. Well, no. he'd be yeah. up in church. He had backslid, was away from God. That she began to pray for him, and she told him that she, you know, prophesied over him that he would become uh, a, the prime minister of Australia. Um, she left, and then left Australia because she'd just come. All she had come to do that time was just to to do that. And then a couple of years later, she came back, and it was actually right before the election, and he was running for prime minister. And it was like two or three days before she rings us from the airport and then she says to Dad, can you get me a meeting with Bob Hawke? And I think Dad's like, I know it happened last time, but like, you know, the election's on Saturday, I doubt it. But he rang up, got through as soon as she, as soon as he said her name, it somehow got through to him. And again, Dad got her to take him and meet with Bob Hawke. She prophesied over him. That and he, that, yeah, prophesied that he'd win the election. And yeah, she through. prophesied that he would win the election and that God's favour would be upon him as long as, and then there was, you know, things that happened. And she said, if you continue, as long as you continue to do this, this and this, you will stay in, um, you'll stay in power. But the moment you don't, and the moment you allow your ego to go above God and become arrogant, God will remove you suddenly. And that was it. And she walked and she flew out and never ever saw him she, again. She had this meeting and it was delayed and she had a flight booked. And so she, the, it's getting, um, Christine's dad was like, oh, this is getting too late. We're not going to be able to get to the airport in time because of this meeting. Bob Hawke rang and got her flight held. So that <laughs> that's what you can do in some levels. <laughs> her, so, uh, you know, so oh, sorry for all the other people on the plane, but there was some, some reason their flight was delayed and it was till she um, could get there. And that, so she, she had an incredible influence in so many world leaders, and like we, I saw it firsthand. We were, I remember once when she was staying with us at two o'clock in the morning, um, our phone rang and my dad got up and took it and then he came and woke her up and it was the President of Israel, or the Prime Minister of Israel at the time. Literally, not a secretary, not a PA, the Prime Minister of Israel, because he wanted her to pray about a particular situation and to see whether she would leave wherever she was and come over and be with him. So, you know, her times with us were amazing. Like it was it was like, you know, she she lived in in such a different realm because she just totally followed the Lord. But the influence that she had on us, on me, on Peter and I, Graham and Judith, on on our family and, and the input she had into our church 
um, yeah, it was really phenomenal. So yeah, amen. Well, the f I don't know whether you remember this. The first prophecy she gave him over me was a, a rebuke and a correction. How about that, Sister Ruth Carnell? Uh, not Ruth Carnell, Ruth Heflin. But she, so she took me aside after the meeting. She'd been prophesying her. She said, the Lord showed me something, but I, don't, I, I didn't share this publicly because it wasn't a good prophecy. So I'm great, you know. <laughs> she said, you're allowing the people to lead you. And the Lord wants you to stop letting the people lead you, but you need to lead the people, but you're letting them lead. Oh, I'm, so I'm going, okay, I'm sorry. I don't, you know, didn't know I was doing that. And at the time, I wasn't even a pastor at the church. I was just sort of in, in youth leadership, and, but I actually wasn't pastor. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Anyway, she came and saw me the next day. She goes, oh, Brother Peter, I'm so sorry. She said, the Lord gave me a picture. And she said, I saw you amongst the sheep. And I saw the Lord saying he needs to come out from amongst the sheep. He needs to come out from amongst the sheep. And I she said, I presumed he meant that you're, you're, you're letting the people lead you and you need to come out and lead. She said, I thought you were already a pastor here. She said, I was talking to Brother Riki last night, and he said, oh, no, no, he's not a pastor here. She goes, the time is for him to become a pastor. She said, it wasn't a rebuke. It was a, oh, it's your time to come out. I saw the picture, and she said, I interpreted it. But she said, I got the wrong interpretation because I thought you were already a leader. You must have gone back into the sheep. She said, ah. And within, and we've been praying and believing. Within months, I was able to step into a pastoral role at the church. Um, so she prophesied that in and spoke it. But, I, but she accurately saw it, even though she had the, the details wrong. And it wasn't until she got the details, she goes, that makes more sense. So that was a long 24 hours. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. God, what am I doing? God's like, no, no. Anyway, um, she traveled with another ministry called, also called Ruth, Ruth Carneal. And Ruth, um, Ruth Carneal Ministries is still, um, it's still, yeah, you know, um, happening today. And um, she had the same sort of, very, very much very similar ministry. They're very much interwoven. They worked together. They they did a lot of things together. So she would also come. So Ruth Heflin said she can't travel to Australia, but she would recommend Ruth Carneal to come so that we could still have the same sort of ministry. And Ruth Carneal in 1996. So I have a prophecy here in 1986 from um, Ruth Heflin, and I have a prophecy from 1996 by Ruth Carneal. Um, back then we recorded it on a cassette, and I'd sit down and write it out and type it out on a computer, I think this was. Sorry. The one I have on Ruth Heflin is by a typewriter. <laughs> so it's actually, a, that's when they've come from. I want to share that with you because I, I want you to realize I take it very seriously what she said and pray over it. Um, she talked about different things in my life that now are in future tense and here, but now past tense in my life. But one thing she said to me, which always struck me, and I just want to read this line. It says, yes, you shall stand in the strength of my word, and you shall see your branches shall go over the wall, says the Lord. And that which you have um, upon your life shall not only feed your household, but it shall feed others, says the Lord. That portion shall feed others. So the Lord said, not only would God do something in me 
and my house, which I always understood to be the church, it would not just feed here, but it would go over the wall. It would go over the wall. It would feed beyond that. And many years later, I was, when we were running the Jerrysville Bible College, um, I had people that were from the country, and they would travel by train down to do the Bible College. So they would come down on, a, when, was it a Wednesday that we did? Or Thursday? Tuesday, Tuesday. She'd come down on Tuesday afternoon, do the Bible College, stay at her aunt's house, and travel back by train on the Wednesday morning. That's, that's a big commitment, to come to Bible College. And, um, and we still have connections um, through that, um, her sister. Um, so she had a friend that she introduced, and, and then they would play the, um, the messages. So what I did was we worked out a means that we would video the Bible school. This is back when it was really hard to do stuff like this. We would video it. Then I would copy those videos. I'd put them in a post-it bag and send it up so she did not have to travel down and take a day out of her, her life, and she would take the videos up. And then those videos she would play at home, but then her family and extended family got to know my ministry and I'm still ministering in a church, um, Shine Church, um, in the country of Victoria, which is a, from that they used to hear those messages, and that's how they, they know of me. And, um, and I, when we were doing that, I said, oh, this is a fulfillment of this prophecy. This is a fulfillment. The mess, the, the, it's going out over the walls. It's going out beyond where we are. This is before the internet. This is before we could just do it easily. Now, now to go over the walls is... Easy. You've got to, everybody's got a phone in your hand that just can make it happen. But this was before that, and I and I we were doing it. As we were doing it, I suddenly said, "That's that prophecy coming to pass. This is the anointing that's on this house to go out and over the walls. That we have an enjoyment here." Then, years after that, I'm reading in Genesis 49 and verse 22, and I want you to read with me from. This is Jacob speaking to his son Joseph and prophesying to him and speaking to him. And he said, Joseph is a fruitful bough. A fruitful bough by a spring. When, you know, bough, branch, fruitful branch, a branch by a spring. And its branches run over a wall. And I suddenly realized I hadn't, I'd never known that what she had prophesied was actually a scripture verse. I just thought it was just something she'd shared with me. But I'm pretty sure she was doing it with this in the back of her mind. She would be familiar with this, and she was prophesying. She was saying, just like that prophecy to Joseph, this is now a prophecy over your life. So now I looked at this passage, and I say, this is a prophecy. And not just to me, but it's a prophecy over this house. It's a prophecy that describes what we do here. It's a prophecy about what God wants in this house. This house is to be known to be fruitful, but a fruitfulness that goes over the wall. It does not stay contained here. It does not stay within these walls. And so we are now, everything we do, we say, how can we get this out? How can we get this beyond these walls? And I praise God. Now, the internet, in one sense, makes that so much easier. But I don't want us to say, oh, the internet, that's the answer. That's just one avenue. Because you are the branches that are going out. <laughs> you have that same ministry in you that you, what God is doing in you does not just stay contained to you. You have that same anointing, what is God does in your life. And it says there that um, 
You are a fruitful branch by a spring. In other words, you feed and in a place where you are getting good nourishment, God is blessing you, you are healthy, life is flowing into you, your branches are becoming heavy with fruit. God says, do not keep that contained, stretch out over the wall into other situations and other circumstances. Let it go out. Let it go beyond you. Let it go past your normal um, sphere and, and influence people that you don't even know about. Be, have connections with people that you're not sure about. And so we have been praying and saying, Lord, how can this be manifested for us at Breakthrough? We pray as a prayer team. We pray as a family. We pray, I pray personally over this and say, Lord, I declare that our branches go out over the walls. And we minister. And then I remember we were um, seeing such a great uh, work when we were involved in the brekkie clubs and we were able to go over into the brekkie clubs. But then COVID happened and there's a whole lot of regulations and rules and closed that all down. And I've been saying, Lord, we need to be able to get back into that. But in order to do that, we need favor. We need provision. We need um, workers. We need all the things that we can do that. And, um, and I've been praying um, for the last couple of years, Lord, and, and others have been joining with us and praying that we would once again get the branches over that wall and into that situation because that's a great... I love what God does here. I love the fact I can come here and enjoy fellowship with good people and then we can minister the Lord and God's goodness. I can hear the word and I can be encouraged. I'm going to be stretched and I can be... It can be it's great. But the fruit I'm enjoying, it would be a tragedy if it just stayed here. When over the walls there is a great need... They don't have access to the spring and the, joy, the, the water that we have. They don't have access to it. It's a dry place, but as God has been prophesying and speaking to us as a people, we are to bring gardens into desert places. We, we, we bring life into that place. And so, Lord, how can we get into that place? And then, um, so through some contacts and connections, which I believe is the favor of God, because you can't make some of these things happen. You just need favor. We are once again making connections with the high school and being able to, to, to work there. And part of that connection is we've been able to connect with Sheridan, who is the, the chaplain at the high school. And she's come, she's been here for prayer, um, we've been talking, and we are, and, but I needed, um, I needed more pieces in place. So um, Chris, can I just have those? I don't know whether you notice, we put these up in the notice, I um, in the um, foyer. How many notice things in the foyer? Because I'm often not sure. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes, yeah. I just put them there and say, let's see who notices them. How many, how many have actually remember seeing that? All right, that's good. That's good. That means that it's effective. If I put them there, I'm just saying, well, let's see what happens. I didn't mention them from the platform. I didn't preach about them or anything. I just put them out there just to see what people would see. And because on there, it's like about, we're saying, we want to start a brekkie club. But I say, to start a brekkie club, we need a couple of things. First of all, we need people. And we need some money. And I said, so rather than say we're going to start on this day, I'm saying, if we have three people and this much money, we will start a brekkie club because we know God wants us to, but we just need this. And so I put a little, um, put a thing there, and then um, I put a little QR code. If anyone was interested, they can scan that and they can sign up. No takers yet. No takers yet, but we we're praying. And what I was declaring is the favor of God, the favor of God is going to open this door and get this branch over the line. God's favor is going to work. And so the first part of that favor was 
um, having a contact inside the school, and that is Sheridan. All right, so I want to introduce Sheridan and get her to come up, and let's talk a little bit what she does so you can know and be praying for her. So Sheridan, come up. Yeah, I've got a microphone here. Now, we've had other, we, remember we had um, Chris Waxhill come. He, he was the chaplain. Some might remember Chris. Chris is no longer a chaplain. Um, work, in fact, he's no longer a chaplain. He's working in the, um, just another work now. Um, did, you, did you ever meet Chris? Okay, yeah. Chris could talk the hind leg off a donkey. You know, he, you know, he was a natural talker. Give him a microphone, and then it's like, man, I've got to get this back somehow. Okay. <laughs> All right, Sheridan's not the same. I've got to push the microphone at her. All right, Sheridan's like, oh. I need God's grace. So we're all going to be very, it's family here. Just relax. But share, Sheridan, share a little bit what you do at, as a, a chaplain. Sure. I thought I might stand, actually start off telling you a bit about the school and the demographic, just to give you an understanding of what our culture is like, because it's quite different to other schools. So just to give you an idea, Bayswater Secondary, we actually experience compounding disadvantage compared to other schools. So it makes it quite incredibly difficult to engage in education. Thank you. And values-based. So what I mean by that is the complexities of families. We've got um, lots of um, financial hardship, mental health. We've got homelessness. We've got domestic violence. There's trauma. There's tons of learning difficulties. And these actually not only impact the students, but they impact the education, their life outcomes, and the supporting mechanisms. So a number of our students don't actually live with a biological family. They are in, we've got foster care, we've got other families that have taken them in. Our social worker has actually taken in two students herself, rather than have these young women on the streets. And this incredible woman, who I admire greatly, doesn't have the room in her heart, in her house, but we have rallied and gotten furniture so there are kids off the floor. And this is how, this is the heart of Bayswater. All of the staff there are actually participating in wellbeing. They're bringing forward conversations and saying, hey, we've got a student who's struggling in this. So we have something called a fuel card. So if we have a student who has come to wellbeing and we do an intake, and they can't engage in all their classes. They have X amount of fuel cards where they can actually go and knock on the door. And if we have a space available for them, they can actually have some downtime. So it might be five minutes where they sit quietly. It might be 10 minutes when they sit with the different fidgets or they have a walk with someone. Last year, we actually had seven in our team and a lot of them were actually placement students. We're back to three. So the way our team works is we have one teacher who's there four days a week. She's also the VM coordinator. She's also the wellbeing coordinator. So there's a lot of hats being worn. So Mel's our social worker and she's with us two days a week. And I'm there in a chaplaincy capacity two days a week. So we're both there Thursday, Friday, which is great. We have one day together, all together. So our, our school is actually... Can, um, can I just interrupt you? Um, sure. Give an idea. You sort of sometimes don't... You go into a school and you sort of see it through your filters and things like that. Um, when we were doing the breakfast club a few years ago, I remember I was there one morning and um, a student came in. He would have been year seven, year eight. I, I knew him by name and he was quiet, he was tired. And I went over to see him and he was like, oh. and I'm like, you know, I know these kids. They stay up all night playing computer games and then they're too tired to work. So I'm like, you know, are you tired? Yeah, did you sleep? No. And I'm like, I already judged him. Gaming. Because, you know, that's, you're talking to half the other kids. That's what they do to, you know, 2 a.m. And then they can't work out why they're tired. And um, so he's tired. And he goes, oh, he goes, oh, a rough night. Yeah, what are you doing? He said, oh, 
I was out with my mate. Oh, great, you know, because my mate had to get out of the house because of violence. And so we were trying to get him somewhere to stay and he's out in the middle of the night wandering around. I had to go and find him and, you know, so I didn't get to bed till five, six o'clock because my mate can't go home because dad's, you know, too violent. I'm like, okay, I apologise internally <laughs> for all my judgement. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You are not tired because you're up being... You're, you're going through life that is tough. And then you've got to rock up to school and then learn. Yes, and catch up. Um, but the sad thing is that's not a very small percentage at this school. That's a big percentage. Yeah, absolutely is. So just connecting with those dots. Um, so a number of our kids are actually, <coughs> excuse me, diagnosed with, they've got formal diagnosis and then we've got a lot who actually don't. So we've got autism, we've got attention deficit, dyslexia, opposition defiance <coughs> disorder and a lot more. So that we've got 180 students currently. So approximately 15% of ours have actually got diagnosis. Yeah, yeah. And they are incredible. I had a student knock on the door yesterday wanting to speak to someone because they are caring for another student who's going through a tough time. So as we had a bit of a conversation and teased it out, and I said, how are you doing? Because I know that they've got their own things bubbling away. And I just said, we also need to look after you. It's really admirable that you want to do this, but we need to support you. Going into school holidays is not necessarily a good, safe place for a lot of our students. Some of them will navigate it by finding ways to be out of the family home for the whole two weeks. That is quite devastating when you think about those of us who had a privilege to be home, hunkered down, pyjamas, movies, being able to just be a kid. A lot of them don't get that opportunity. And yes, we do have students who will stay out on the street. We've got kids who have rolled up who have said, well, I got kicked out this morning. Okay, so what does that mean? Well, I can't go home and here are the reasons why. Um, just to give you an idea, on Friday we had a family roll up and they have removed themselves from the premises from the family home because they were threatened and told they had until the weekend to move. So this parent has taken the brave step to remove her children from that very, very unpleasant situation. And that's a, that's a situation that is going to be ongoing and is going to be involving, of course, um, our Defence Force to step in. So it's okay, we rally, we put everything on side and we rally and um, our social worker was saying she had all of her um, sessions booked and she goes, but they've all been freed up and this is someone that we've been praying for actually and it's lovely to see her going, well, I don't know, I don't know how all this happened, it's, it's all the gods and all the alignment and I know exactly who it is. <laughs> God knew that this family needed to be sitting in our wellbeing room in their jamas, in their schnoods, in whatever they had brought with them while got on to housing with them while we rallied food, while we reached out and said, hey, can someone cook meals? We don't know where they're going to land tonight. So at six o'clock, they got a call saying, we have two weeks of emergency care for you. So they've got somewhere for the school holidays. Another church were able to provide meals. So Mel went and got the meals because I actually had another appointment. Um, we were able to get a couple of cards. They can buy essentials, just personals, gave them as many donations as we already had. This is normal, this is Bayswater, and it's beautiful. It really, really is. So with our brekkie clubs, because we, they had all had to be re-sort of connected from COVID, we've got two running, and they're very, very different. So the first one is on a Thursday, and that's the first one that have come on board, and they are all seniors, which is incredibly awesome to have them come into the school. A lot of our kids have nothing to do with their grandparents for a plethora of reasons. I remember when they came in, there were a couple and I was sitting in Rainbow Club on a Thursday, which is our queer club, awesome young people. 
And one of them said, oh, I spotted all these, these two grey-haired people and then I look around, drops the F-bomb, and they've multiplied. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, they're awesome. I said, they're volunteers. Well, what are they doing? They're coming in. Why would they come in and cook breakfast for us? So I have to very carefully word myself, but they're like, this is incredible. So now there's a specific group of kids who come on a Thursday because it's the quieter brekkie club um, and they love chatting with the senior people. We've got one chap who's um, joined the school who's had a really unfortunate incident happen with him. And the other day, and I have not seen this kid really smile, and he was standing at the barbecue with me and two of these seniors and we were bantering and it was awesome and he was beaming and the walls were starting to calm down. That's the power of a toasted sandwich. That's what a genuine conversation is actually all about, knowing that it's safe. He now rolls up early while we are setting up to talk with them. And this is, this is kingdom living. This is what apprenticeship living looks about. It doesn't have to be loud and it doesn't have to be in your face. A lot of these kids actually need quiet and they need calm. And the school is one safe place for them. Even if they roll up and don't engage in any classes, which unfortunately is quite common, that is our goal for them to get their education, they know that there's a couple of people there that they'll be able to touch base with. They've got their peers, they've got support mechanisms. We hand out food um, hampers all the time to families. And this is where God wants us to be. And it's lovely to have the staff also saying, why are these churches leaning in? How are you connecting with these people? And it's just where we emailed out and said, we're here, we want to connect. And yeah, this is what Jesus wants us to do. So yeah, and it's seeing people through the lens of the greatest commandment, love one another as I have loved you. Thank you. So, we want to partner with Sheridan. Obviously, we can be praying for her and supporting her as best we can, but we also want to be able to get in there and get our branches into there so we can be helping them. And like she said, Brecky Clubs, you might be the only person that speaks positively to them, you know, one-on-one, that might be that. You know, what we take for granted, this might be very unique. Um, and don't think, oh, I'm too old or I'm too young. It, it's just, you don't know. They don't have normal family. So to have an older person, it's like, oh, I've, I've never had this experience. Or just someone who's young um, means that there's a normal sort of person in their life that they can relate to. Um, we will give you training to what you can and can't say and things like that. It's a little bit different, you know, experience. You've got to be careful. But we got um, Chris Waxel and I sat down and I recorded him working through what you can say, what to do in this situation, what happens if you hear this child say this, what's the process. So that's all online and you'll be able to do, the, do that training. And um, so you'll be equipped. Um, but basically you don't have to have all the resources. What you need to do, most times it was like, let the chaplain know or let the teacher in charge know. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, just, it, the most important thing is you're just a conduit and just when to know what to say or what not to say and then how to pass that on. Um, and then they, they do a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of the expertise. We can just provide the love and the, and the care and we can go away and pray for them. Um, you know, there's things that we, you know, as a school, because it's a public school, we've got to be careful we can't go in. We can answer questions, but we can't initiate spiritual conversation, but we can answer questions. And um, God's been good, and we, we've and we've seen people from there connect with the church over the years because of we make friends with them, we build a bridge of trust, and then we can then speak to them about things that are important to them um, out of that trust as they see that we're someone that's there. So 
if um, uh, can I have a pen, Brookie, right, right next to you? We said we needed three people and um, eight hundred dollars. Well, the money is now eight hundred dollars. So we we have funded a Brookie Club for a year. That's, you know, because by the time you buy, some of those kids eat, and and then Milo's. And we like to give them hot drinks, which is a bit special because that's you know we don't do that in primary schools, but we do in the high schools, and you know that four Milo's. You know, but you know that might be the only hot drink they get for the you know and that sort of thing. So I, I don't mind that. We fund that. We believe God in the money's come. We had one person. We have Sandy. Thank God for Sandy. But then we needed others, and then out of someone contacted you, one of the parents at the school who is a pastor's wife from a church um, in this eastern area, she contacted me and said, can we have a prayer meeting? My child's at this school. What can we do? I said, we want to start a brekkie club. We don't have the people. She said, I've worked in brekkie clubs. She's got, you know, certificate. She said, can I join with you? Yes, you can. So that's two. Two people. Close enough. We're going to start one. Um, but two's not enough. Because, oh, we've got a hand up already. There, there we go. So Tuesday morning? Tuesday. Okay, there's three. Yay! All right. Because you need three, you need two to run it, but you need a third person because often one person can't be there. Do you know what I mean? It's just, you can never, there's always something happening where there's one not there. So you just, otherwise you've got one person trying to do it all by themselves. So you need three so they can be rotating and working together. Well, well done. That was a good. Um, so, but we've got to get the approval of the school, uh, and you've got to go through inductions, and we've got to do it all, you know, proper. So that's good. We so we still got to get some things ticked from outside, um, and so we can't guarantee it, but we can be saying. And I don't want to just do one. So if you say, "Oh, they're four, oh, missed out," um, <laughs> this will still be down outside. You can go on with your phone, and you can let me know. And you might say, oh, I'm not available Tuesdays. Well, we can, we can find out what's available. Um, and I'm also, you know, we, we, can, we can be flexible to try and work, get the job done. Um, but keep this in prayer. Keep Sheridan in prayer. Um, let's believe that what God is going to do is going to take what he's here. See, I just so enjoy the, the, the water we drink at. <laughs> do you know what I mean? This is healthy. This is lovely. You know, we love each other. We minister to each other. We, we're family together. I don't want it to sustain these walls. It must go over the walls. It must, go. and so I praise God. We're now pushing in there, um, and if can you get in agreement with that? This is when Brother Jerry spoke, and he prophesied restitution, maximum restitution, which is sevenfold at least. I said we were running multiple brekkie clubs. I said, God, can we have seven times the number of brekkie clubs running? Now that's not because we're just focusing on those schools. There's other schools and other situations, and part of my head's like, oh, but we wouldn't have. How would we do with people? I'm like, no. Can we have all the people <laughs> that could run? I would love to be hearing report after report after report after for seven times the number of brekkie clubs that are running because the enemy stole that through the COVID restrictions and um, we can restore that and get people back and connected. So this is a start. I praise God for that. But get in agreement with for favor to continue to open these doors and to, for us to, to increase both at the high school, back into the primary school and then other places and other schools as well. So um, can we all just stand quickly? Let's pray for Sheridan. Sheridan, if we, come down here so we're not... You can come down. Let's get some of the people. Sandy, if you want to come, and Kim. And um, what's the lady's name? Um, 
shot um, the mother. Sa Sarah or Sarah? Sarah. Yes. Sarah, Sarah. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, Sarah's the, the pastor's wife who's going to join with them as well. Stretch forward. Gather around them. You don't have to. Come and, come and pray. Hallelujah. Chris, could you pray for them? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, I thank you for these three ladies. And I also thank you, Lord, in advance for anybody else and everybody else who will respond to enable us to reopen the brekkie clubs in the primary schools, to, to go into more days and more schools and to be your hands extended, to take the love of Jesus that we see in our meetings, to take, Father, everything that we have and to be able to take it out to the lost, to be able to go out to those the kids, to go out to the hungry ones, to go out to the lost, to the lonely, yes. and to be able to take it out to them. And I thank you, Father God. I bless Lord Sheridan. I bless Kim. I bless Sandy. I bless the pastor's wife who is also involved. And Lord, I... Forward pray, I bless everybody who will be involved, Father yes. God, that we will see lives changed, that we will see, Lord, young people and children's lives changed for eternity because of what we've done. The Lord, a toasty, Lord, a handshake, a cup of Milo, a coffee, Lord, can change people's lives and show them that there is hope, that there is a future, and that God has a divine future for each one of these children, each one of these young people, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. So that, that, this is the heart, and this is what I see, that prophetic word. I want you to get on board with me. That's why I'm shared this prophetic word, because it's our prophetic word. It's what God wants for us. We want to lay claim it. We declare. We can say that our branches will and do go over the wall. Hallelujah. We have creative and witty ideas, you know, clever ideas for getting that out. But also in your sphere, in your sphere you suddenly say, hey, and, and you, might already, you, might always, you might also suddenly say, you know, I'm already sort of doing this. I didn't realize now I was, I was fulfilling a prophecy. You know, it's like you might say, you know what I'm doing here by reaching out this person, by extending out to the neighbor by doing what I'm doing in the, in the schoolyard. Hey, that's actually, I'm putting the, the branches out over this wall and I'm ministering here. It's already happening. And you, I want you to say, Lord, I want it to become more and more fruitful and more and more effective. There's another thing that I want us to pray for, that, which is an opportunity. We went out, um, a few of us yesterday, um, Josh led us to go out after, the, and we had the, the prayer meeting here for the, we had six churches represented. Was that right, six? Six or seven, six, six churches represented. Just a, you know, it was only about 15, 20 people, but um, representing from six different places here, having prayer, and then afterwards, Josh let it, let us to go out, and we were um, encouraging people to come to next Saturday's, or well, this Saturday, if I say next, it's not two weeks, this Saturday, this Saturday, when Caleb is um, with the team going to lead um, the launch of the song Heaven on Earth, and. And it's not just that song. It's the whole idea and the whole ministry of ministering people. There'll be a concert and there'll be things shared, a lot of great music, a lot of great connections with people. And so we went out and we found a very effective um, way of doing things is to give them a free wristband. You know, when I went out with um, Bill Horn and we were sharing, if I said to someone, can I talk with you? No. 
No, about one out of every five you could actually engage with. I reckon about three out of every five or four out of every five would engage with the wristband. It was, a, it was they were much more open. And it's like, can I give you a free wristband? Yes. Do you want to choose the color? Yes. You know, now choice. <laughs> Let me see. I like the blue one. but I'm gonna... Okay, it's, there's three colors. Just choose, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, but, you know, and uh, we'd like one for your daughter. Yes. And, um, but then it was, and, and it was in, ah, and there's, it's all about a um, band that we've got a free concert and there's details on the wristband, there's details on this flyer and encouraging. We had some really good conversations and I found one young guy who's playing basketball. So, you know, half an hour later, <laughs> we played basketball and then we had a bit of a discussion and then talked. And um, so, so um, yeah, so, you know, 15 minutes into playing basketball and I was... Doing terrible, Ethan. I was my <laughs> my shooting has gone down the toilet. It was just terrible. <laughs> Maybe that was just. I think it was the God, I think it was God letting that young guy win so that he felt better. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just paving a way for him to be receptive to me. I didn't want to go across as too arrogant, so oh, I just couldn't get in. Um, and then I said, "Oh, you know," and he says, "Well, you know," I said, "What are you doing?" And he said, "What do you do?" There's a nice easy. Oh, you know, and so I started talking. Sorry? I'm a basketball coach. Yeah. No, I, you know, I'm a pastor. What's that? And then, oh, yeah. It's his, he said, when I went to Deacon, he said, I went to, um, it was like the, the student Christian union then. I said, oh, you're Christian. He said, no. He said, well, I was just interested just to hear what they had to say. I was just curious. Just wanted to, you know, sort of explore it. So I said, oh, well, what, what was brought you there? 15 minutes later, we're talking about God and a whole lot of other things. So it was good. And then I said, oh, we'd like a wristband. So that was like, and you know, here's a band. It would be great for you to come. But the benefit of the wristbands, um, we've got one on here, is they've got a website on them. And so even if they forget what you say, they take it away, they put it there. All they have to do at some point is say, oh, I wonder what's on that website. Just go on that website. And Caleb has done an amazing job putting together a website that leads people in. It's engaging. It's got layers that you can sort of, you know, you can start here and then you can explore more and then you can find out about Jesus and it's got links and clicks that takes a, you know, good thing. It's a really great introduction and so um, it's to findheavenonearth.com. So all they have to do is say findheavenonearth.com and um, so it's, I think it's a really good thing. So if anyone's interested, Josh was leading um, that yesterday. Um, if anyone's interested in going out, Josh will try and work out so you can have at least someone to go with you because it's always doing it good two by two. Do you know what I mean? When, um, we went out yesterday and we split up a little bit when we were at the park. That's why I got to play basketball. Um, you know, ditch the others, go play basketball. <laughs> Maybe that's the, that's the definition. Um, but, you know, always good to go out with someone. You know, I, I do believe the two by two principle is a really biblical principle. And um, so we, we had some really good connections and, and conversations. Um, you know, and if you would like to do that before now and next Saturday, just speak to Josh. If you're not sure who Josh is, um, he's the other blonde kid. He's the partner in crime with my son, who they disappeared on Friday afternoon and came back, both of them blonde. So um, if you don't recognize Josh, he's the blonde um, guy at the stage, we'll, you'll see him later when we come to have a prayer. But contact and say, hey, I, 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 listen, I, can I do this? 
or can I have some wristbands and at least, at least I can give them out to my friends or give them out in my area. Even if you can't come and join us, maybe you can do that and, um, and you know, we'll give you some brochures and you can hand them out to your family. So next Saturday night, we have an opportunity to see our branches go over the wall. Even though we be in this place, we want to see it filled with people that are over the wall people, outside of the normal walls people. This is a great opportunity. People will come to this way before they might say, oh, church, I'm not interested in church. Oh, but I might be interested in this. And this will, I, I like, Jordan uses a phrase, he said, it, it, music gets into the soul when, even when it's not invited. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, music has a way. I think I've butchered that quote, but that's the meaning of it. Um, I think music has a way of, of connecting with you even though you're not sort of aware of it. And, and then it opens you up to the message of it. And so that's next Saturday. Um, and we want to pray for um, Caleb and all the team that are going to be ministering and sharing. But also... Anybody who would like to be canning out wristbands and things like that, um, see Josh. He'll give you, you know, free wristbands. We're not, we don't, don't have to pay for them. This is Caleb is just sowing this just to get the word out. And I really appreciate everyone who sows in their ministry so that we can do things like this for free. And um, that's a real blessing. And um, so, in fact, I, I'm, can we get have prayer for them? Um, why don't we do? We, we might finish with prayer for them, and we've got communion. So. Let's do that. Um, the only reason I'm sort of hesitant is two of the members that are involved are out with super kids and so and they're teachers. So we're bringing them in. If they can come in now, hallelujah. And why don't the rest, anyone else who's part of the, the Caleb Lewis team that's ministering on Saturday night, if you want to come up the front, we'll have prayer with you. This is another fulfillment of this prophetic word. Do you know what I mean? What they, what they are doing is a fulfillment of what God has prophesied and spoken to us. It's the declaration. And I want to speak to another part. Um, in Deuteronomy 33, Moses then prophesied over the people of jo you know, the tribe of Joseph or the two tribes, Ephraim and Manasseh. But he also spoke to Joseph. And he, and he talked about the favor of the Lord being upon him. He talked about the blessing of God being upon him. But he said this, he says, As the firstborn of his ox, majesty is his, as his horns are the horns of the wild ox. Whenever it talks about horns in the Bible, it talks about strength. A horn was, you know, big horns meant you've got a lot of strength. All right? So it, 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 they understood it just meant strength, power, vitality. And he said, and the, he said you're going to have to Joseph, and I'm taking this for us as part of us getting the word out. He said, the, um, his horns are the horns of a wild ox. With them, he shall push the enemies, the, the, the people that are resisting, he will push them to the ends of the earth. In other words, the enemy's going to come in, you're going to push them back. You're going to push them back. You're going to work against, you're going to defeat the enemy to the ends of the earth. There's a, I'm, I'm going to prophesy and declare there's a strength on this group to destroy enemies. Hallelujah. There's a, there's a, a strength to, to break through barriers and, and push down strongholds because, you know, as Sheridan was sharing about some of the things that people are going through, there, there, there's some strongholds, some darkness there. Um, we love on them, but then we want to see them broken. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I, want to see, I want to see, you know, those children that have been going through that, it's, it's scarred them, it's damaged them, it's infected them. The enemy has used that as an opportunity now to get strongholds in their life and to, to hurt, you know, ongoing hurt them. 
Well, we we got to love them, but we got to we've also got to bring the power of God to def- defeat those enemies. We got to set them free. Do you know what I mean? We can't just you, you got you know, that's why Jesus came with love and the power to set people free. You know, Jesus went about doing good and healing and and delivering all those who are under devil's tyranny. So we want to bring that. So guys, you've all gathered over there. I don't know why. Um, yeah, so Kyra's got the pram, and everyone said, we must be near Kyra, because, you know, we know who really leads this group, you know. <laughs> it's Levi in the pram. <laughs> um, can I just say, we're having a band, and, and we, we, the, I don't, you know, I guess the band members saw this. We're, have got, we've got a band up here ministering. We had Levi at the back with a little toy guitar dancing around, and then he got the offering buckets, and he's playing the drums on them. <laughs> he's having his own ministry time down there. Then I looked around, you know, it's just so much like Caleb, and then he's sitting on one of the offering buckets, his foot in the other offering bucket, sitting back, eating a banana. He's <laughs> like, he's like Caleb. <laughs> uh, guys, come and gather in the middle. You don't need to. Hallelujah. Let's pray for this team that are all involved in ministering. Everyone stand up. A... Thank you, Lord. Stretch forth your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mark, I want you to come over. Hallelujah. There's a microphone somewhere down here. I want you to pray the anointing to be on this this team next Saturday night, the power of God to be working through them. Thank you, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for this team, Lord, that's going to minister heaven on earth next Saturday, Lord. We just proclaim that hearts be open to receive, Lord, that you, your Holy Spirit minister to every heart, Lord, that everybody that comes receives from you, Lord, your love, your joy and your peace, Lord. We proclaim freedom over lives in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, the bondages will be broken in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you, Lord, for the branches reaching over the walls, Lord infecting hearts for you, for your glory, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you put words in our mouths, Lord, that will speak life into situations, Lord. Oh, thank you, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You know, I'm thinking when David would play and it would soothe, it would, would, it would have a spiritual effect. I thank you, Lord, as they're ministering and playing and singing. It would have an effect in people's lives in Jesus' name. Oh, Lord, I thank you, Father, that the influence would go in and then it would take it out. People would go from this place next Saturday night and they'd go home and they'd tell someone and they'd play it to them and they'd say, listen to this. Hallelujah. It would go out over the walls. It would multiply in Jesus. I thank you, Father. Next Saturday will have great influence in people's lives, and then it would go out into their homes and into their circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 I thank Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to add on to what Pastor Peter was talking about. If you are interested in coming out, um, as he said, come and, come and see me. Come talk to me. Um, and I just wanted to just share a quick um, um, experience that I had yesterday because um, we went out and it was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and that can be something that you can look at and be like, oh, that's, that's a bit scary or that's not me. I'm not wired like that. I'm not 
good with people. Uh, none of that matters. Um, it's just having a willing heart and, and stepping out. And, you know, when God, um, you know, he, he sends us all out. And when he sends you out, he, he, don't, he, he won't um, then leave you hanging. He'll bring people across your path that it's like, that was, you know, that, that guy with the basketball, that was for you to minister yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, like, you know, God will do his part. He, he, will, he will bring people across your path. Um, and I also see, um, even, even in the times where it's like, oh, I actually, that didn't look like that was a success. I do see that there are two types um, when you're evangelizing that there are people that you're, you're planting a seed or you're watering a seed and you might not see the fruit there and then and they, they go on their way. But you, you've just been one that has watered the seed. And I think a lot of the time we look at, oh, but they, you know, <laughs> I didn't get to share the gospel or they didn't give their lives to Jesus, they didn't, they didn't turn up to the event and you can see, oh, that was a failure. But th- there is two types where... Um, Sometimes you're just the one that's watering the seed. Yeah. And later on down the track, someone else will water the seed. And sooner or later, there will be one where they will then, they will also water the seed and we'll see the fruit of that. And so, but we're believing that when you do that, that you will see both of those. Yeah. Um, but not to be disappointed if, uh, if it looks like, oh, that wasn't fruitful um, or that, you know, that was really hard. I could have done that better. But just go out there with a heart for, uh, for the lost and to, to share that. Be prepared to, you know, have something, pray about it, um, have something that the Holy Spirit puts on your heart that, you know, if there is an opportunity, well, I believe that God will give me something to say which will have an impact on them. Yeah. Um, and that was the great thing about just handing out a wristband or a flyer, um, that they just, even the ones that just took it just to, so they could just walk on, you know, they still had that and months or years later they could they could look at that and go, oh, and follow it up. And so... You know, just you never know what could happen um, just by giving that out. Um, one guy, I gave him a flyer and a wristband. He wasn't interested in it, but he said, oh, well, I'll, I'll give this to my son. And so he might not ever respond to that. Uh, you know, he may or may not give that to his son. But if, but if he does, then, you know, th- that's like not even something that's just from person to person. So you, you never know how far reaching the fruit might be or what could happen, what God can do with that. So yeah. if you're, if you're um, keen for that, come and see me, come have a talk, and it'll be a lot of fun as well. Yeah. I think we all had a lot of fun as well. So we did. I, was like, I did enjoy it. And, and the other guy's name playing basketball with, it's hard to remember, is Jordan. <laughs> so it was a nice, even easy to remember. Mm. Um, see, Josh, we've got plenty of spare wristbands if you want to try and do something during the week. But if you can't come and do something with us, but if you still want to give some wristbands out to family and friends and neighbours and some brochures, um, Josh will have all those for you. Amen. I'm going to suggest we're going to hold communion to next week. I know, I mean, we won't, won't be the same communion. We will... Uh, <laughs> all right. I, 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 you know, we, we won't... We won't so we'll just leave it there. It'll be fine. Actually, Melbourne's weather, it'll probably... <laughs> it's a bit like put it, we might put it in the fridge to warm it up. Um, <laughs> are you doing that at the moment? Oh, this is a bit cold. I'll put it in the fridge. <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I, think, I think we'll leave communion until next week because um, you've been really good. And let me just pray. Let's declare that that which the Lord is doing is going to go over the walls this week. Father, I thank you for it. I thank you for the excitement, Lord, of what you're doing. 
Lord, you have said this. This has come because you have said, and there is favor to make it happen. There is an anointing and ability for it to be accomplished. I thank you, Lord, since, Lord, that impartation of favor over this household, Lord, in May, for the increase in favor, Lord, that we're having in these things happening. The increase in favor, Lord, that is opening doors. I thank you. I declare, Lord, your people have favor over their lives. They, Lord, they have favor that gives them opportunities and doors open to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.